This episode is brought to you by The Senator's Sermon. This new blog has been pumping out content on a daily basis to provide critical insight on the Ottawa Senators and will continue to do so all season long. While times have been tough in the last few weeks, the staff at The Senator's Sermon will give you a fresh perspective with their passionate writing style, bringing the entertainment with each and every blog when the energy may be lacking at times on the ice. Go to Senator's Sermon wordpress.com and subscribe to their newsletter to make sure you don't miss a single blog senators sermon wordpress.com now enjoy the episode so ladies and gentlemen welcome back to ease conversations thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie matt and i i hope you enjoyed listening to us provide our um, recaps on both season three of the mandalorian and season one of ahsoka so now for episode 123 of Easy Conversations, I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great day right now. We got a good episode in store for you today. It's going to be, we're going to get intellectual here and we have a, a first time guest too. So Eric, why don't you introduce who that is right now? Yes, sir. Very excited to introduce to the podcast for the first time, my cousin, whom you've seen his brother appear on here a few times, been solid as well. So now I'm sure he'll deliver in the same regard. So bring in for the first time the homie, my cousin, Dill Deschamps. What's up, the people? Hey, guys. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here for my first time. Hopefully it's going to be a good pod. We have lots to talk about about Loki. So uh, we'll get into it and see uh, if you guys like what we have to say. Yep, exactly. So like Dale said, we'll be going over the um, Smash show on Disney Plus, Loki, which has now rolled out his, its second season, concluded a few days ago at the time of recording. So really excited to get into this show. There's a lot to unpack. Like Matt said, we'll be getting intellectual on here. I don't know about myself getting intellectual, but we'll try our best here to, to break down and make sense of what happened. So Dill, as our guest, I'll throw it over to you first. What were your thoughts on uh, season two of Loki? Uh, honestly, I took a little long to get into it, and I wasn't as excited as I thought I should have been. But honestly, uh, getting into it was really good. I haven't watched uh, any other Marvel shows before that one, uh, that season. So the last season I think I'd watched was mm. Hawkeye. Okay. And wow. honestly, wasn't that good to my opinion. <laughs> I liked it, but not that much. But Loki season two was definitely the big hitter for this one. Uh, Matt, what about you? What are your thoughts on Loki Season 2 opening thoughts? So my opening thoughts on Loki Season 2 is I really enjoyed it, though it like it was like a slow burn show. Kind of like what Dylan said, it took a while to get into. I feel like the end, the payoff was amazing in this show. By the way, folks, full spoilers on Loki Season 2. Like You got to see the show before listening. Um, yeah, I felt like it was a slow burn, but like the end was worth like, the, the slow beginning, the end justified it all. So, um, no, I really much enjoyed it. I just want to talk about, like, I have not been impressed by any Marvel show, like, before this, like, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Eric, I think you can agree. Like, they've been on the lower end of the spectrum show. So it was nice to Loki to bring it back to form for Marvel. I really enjoyed the show. What about you, Eric? Okay, so to touch on both your guys' points, and Dill specifically, me, Loki, season two, having loved season one, I was uh, not worried, but also feeling like people were putting a lot of hype and pressure towards it being amazing as season one was. So I, I didn't know or think that he would reach that height. And in my opinion, it at the very least matched season one and in a lot of ways elevated it too. But 
And I'll also say for me, I was hooked the whole time. As soon as I started watching it, I did not really find it was slow. Like I was into it the whole time. And like with season one, confused at a lot of points, but was always interested to find out, all right, what's coming up next. And like you said, Matt, I think they wrapped it up beautifully at the end. Mm. Incredible last episode, which we'll get to as we get into this episode there. But amazing show like best one we've had in a long time for marvel Mm -hmm. and a refreshing bounce back on the tv a side of things so no no season two definitely delivered in my opinion now where to go from here maybe start at the beginning and kind of like i said where Mm -hmm. season one ended off with a a bang in that now sylvie killed he who remains and it set off all these different branch timelines and now in season two we're dealing with the repercussions of that and it just was kind of a mess at times loki's slipping through time all over the place not really i don't really understand what he's doing and where Mm. they're going with it i don't know if this is the best way to start the episode there but i feel like sylvie kind of screwed it up for our main characters here in creating a lot of problems and now loki's having to clean up so did you like where they kind of went with sylvie in this series dill like what they did with her character. So like my opinion on Sylvie is from the first episode straight up. I didn't like her anymore. Yeah. She, she didn't want to listen to what Loki had to say. They are basically the same person just from a different universe. Yeah. And for him, for one Loki to understand one person, he who remains to understand that and her not to understand they were on two different pages. And it seemed like they were going to be like, have a relationship type thing going on between them. You have to understand that person. And she did not want to understand Loki. And as we progress in season two, you could see she still doesn't want to listen to what they have to say about He Who Remains or about Victor Timely. She just wanted to kill kill him off, basically, every time. And uh, like as in the last episode, every time he tried to change her mind to get her to, to try and listen. But all she wanted to do was kill He Who Remains and not understand what the repercussions were or anything else. Mm-hmm. So personally, I didn't think... Sylvie was a big hit for me in this season. But in the first season, I did like her. So, big change. Same here. Matt, what are your thoughts on that? What you said was great, Dylan, because I feel the exact same way. Her character was a little weaker in this season. She failed to understand, like, the greater good, what she had to do, which Loki actually understands in the end. But we'll we'll touch on that later. Um, Yeah, her character was... Then wasn't really interested in any any of her scenes in this season. I was more interested in like the new character in episode one that was introduced, Ouroboros. Yep. I forget the actor's name, but he just won an Oscar uh, last year, I think, for Everything Everywhere All at Once. He was good. Like our introduction to him, you know, he's a little IT, like fix it everything kind of guy. At first, I wasn't sure about his character, but it grew on me. The whole like the loom is in trouble because of Sylvie's actions, killing he who remains, like all of, like everything overloading, basically. That was the main focus of the season, trying to fix that. Um, the show did not go where I, like I thought it, it wasn't as predictable as I thought the show, which is what I like. Like with the whole loom situation, I didn't know where they were going to go with that. I like how they wrapped it up. But uh, Eric, what were your thoughts on like the whole loom and temporal, like, timeline being the focus point of like what the danger is did you like that doomsday type thing going on there yeah the loom threw me off completely like i didn't know where it was going like what the end game was and like again Mm -hmm. just quickly on the sylvie thing like where what she wanted to set up with this is like she wanted to give everyone free will but then the loom was collapsing on itself and it wasn't able to 
I guess, calibrate the all the timelines that were going through it. And timelines were basically dying because of her actions. So I didn't know what the end game was going to be in that. Are these timelines all going to be able to live? Like, the people on them have successful lives. And that was the main focus of the season. Didn't know how that was going to work and um, who was going to solve that issue. And then with OB bringing in Victor Timely, all trying to fix it and work together on it. As soon as they introduced Victor Timely, I kind of thought that it was, a like they said, a contingency plan on He Who Remains' behalf in that he was trying to set himself up to get power again. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what I thought they were teeing up in that while he let himself be killed at the end of Season 1, he was still pulling the strings at the end of the day and he kind of was to a certain degree but that yeah. he was just putting him setting himself up through Victor Timely to re-become uh, either he remains or a uh, uh, Kang the Conqueror variant that's kind of where I thought this season was going like I had a ton of theories just on the loom when they're mm-hmm. the whole episode four focused on Timely is now in the TVA and he's working on fixing the loom with OB which I love their dynamic like when the two of them met like oh like just super excited yeah. to meet each other and yeah. like geeking out over one another. Like I thought that was hilarious. And um Yeah, like I thought they were teeing up a OB and Timely team up to make, like I said, Timely become Kang. Not the case. And um yeah, then when Timely I guess this kind of goes into a prediction or theory I had was when Victor Timely stepped out to go and put the throughput multiplier into the, the temporal loom. I thought that was like him when he turned to spaghetti to become, yeah. like send his aura out into the different timelines and like uh. set off all the different Kangs to come through. That's what I kind of thought was going to happen. What do you guys think about that? That is honestly not a bad theory. Like the more I hear you talking about it now, it sounds very believable. Cause I actually had no idea where they were going with that. Um, I thought they were just going to kill him off right there. Like he's dead. Anything. Cause they really brought him up as just a normal person. Like when I think it was the end of season, uh, the end of episode four that uh, Sylvie was going to kill Victor Timely and she hesitated and didn't do it. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> like he, he, he wasn't scared to die and had no reason mm-hmm. to die. So I don't think he is a bad, he is as bad as Kang the Conqueror or as he who remains basically, in my opinion. He maybe he wasn't even set to become that person in the end, and as we can see with the end of uh, season two, is that he is in the end a good person. He's not like uh, his previous uh, brand. Varies. Yeah, variant. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I just want Victor. To, let's touch on Victor Timely. Like that's when the show picked up for me. Episode three, we go back to eighteen eighty nine, eighteen ninety three. I really liked that episode and. I like the Renslayer like going back even further and giving a young Victor Timely the book, the TVA guideline, which um, is kind of cool because Victor used that to create his stuff, but then OB used that, used Victor Timely stuff to create the TVA guideline. So it's like they both inspired each other, which is mind blowing. And also Ouroboros in mythology is the snake that's eating its own tail, right? It's like that circle picture where the snake eating its own tail. So it's almost like the show's pretty clever naming him that because he was inspired by his own work almost, but he didn't know that. So I thought that was a clever thing the show did. Um, but back to Victor Timely, I thought Jonathan Jonathan Majors was awesome. Again, he always is. It was a great character. I, I like, like I said, the show picked up for me then. Love seeing the olden days. He was so ahead of his time too. 
which was cool to see. Like, people must have thought he was a wizard or a warlock or something. Like, you can't be busting out that technology at that time. But, uh, no, and like I said, like, episode three and four really picked up for me. Ending with episode four where he explodes into the spaghetti. I did not think we would be going, like, full out groundhog day or like going back and redoing stuff like they do in episode five and six but like i thought like he was done there i didn't know i thought they were just going to continue forward chronologically and not have loki go back so again the show always kept me on my toes that's a cool prediction though eric him like going branching out into like the all the timelines yeah what did you guys think of like the flashback episodes or going back in time those couple episodes so that one was good as well like, i didn't Again, did not think they'd be going back like that. It made sense though, right? Given Loki's time slipping abilities that the whole season was working towards like him being confused as to why this is happening to then eventually mastering them in the end. Yeah, I like the flashback episodes. And again, for that, my theory was that we were seeing this would all build up to the start of the TVA in that Loki was going back in time and taking all of them out of their previous versions of themselves before they got to the TVA for the first time that it was creating like some sort of weird, like you said, snake eating its own tail. Loki's thinking, Oh, we have to bring Mobius or Dawn and then um, Casey, AKA Frank and all the others from their timeline spaces in the timeline to bring them to the TVA. And I thought that was like that happening for the first time all over again kind of thing. So that was kind of mm. what I was thinking was happening there. And then Loki was oh. going to be doing the same thing to, in a sense that he who remains did initially. Just a weird, I don't know, mind like breaking uh, time thing or something. I don't know. That's kind of what I thought was happening. I enjoyed it. It was cool to see them like uh, the assembling of the team. And then, um, yeah, I mean, how does that episode end again? Episode five. Again, it's futile. They all spaghettify as well. And then Loki masters the time slipping at the end of the episode. But I enjoyed the going yeah. back in time. What did you think of it, Dill? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Like, we got to see what Mobius could have been. Obviously, we knew he would have been into those uh, sea-doos and yeah, all that. Yeah. But <laughs> it was nice to see that he, Loki was actually able to get these guys to c go with him and try and save the TVA that they have no nothing to know about because they're mm -hmm. different variants. And for Loki to take that initiative and be able to do that, and, like, he's doing what the uh, He Who Remains could be doing, mm -hmm. but he just watches and lets them do whatever he wants, and Loki was able to do all this. All this. And to touch on Sylvie a bit, um, if you think, like, they're both, they're both basically Loki. They, are, they have the same powers. They... They come from a say, I guess, a same like uh, childhood, I could say. Uh, mm -hmm, yeah. But um, so the question is, is, could Sylvie have done what Loki did? Go back in time and take, because obviously Loki was time slipping, which helped him to be able to do that. But if Sylvie were the one to be time slipping, would she have been able to do the same thing Loki have mm -hmm. done? Mm -hmm. I think about that a lot, and because yeah. her her character didn't have a big a big role in this season, in my opinion. Yeah. You guys touched on Mobius a little bit. I must say, I really liked his character in this season. Yeah. Owen Wilson did a great job. I like, there's a couple of scenes in the first, there's a scene in the first episode and there's a scene, sorry, in the second episode and the last episode. The second episode, there's a scene in the pie room where they're just chilling there. First of all, that's awesome, a pie room. And then Loki, just a moment that made me laugh. 
like he's reminiscing on him in Avengers 1. He's like, what the hell was I thinking? Like trying to take over with aliens. That was funny. But the best scene is in the last episode where him and Mobius are talking where he he time slips back to when he's in chains chains first arrived at first arrived at the TVA and he has a really good conversation with Mobius. Mobius tells that story about how he couldn't do what needed to be done and then people died because of his actions. Kind of like implanting that idea in Loki's head of what Loki's going to be doing in the last moments of the last episode. But we'll get, I think we'll touch upon that at the end. But I thought Mobius was great in this season. Owen Wilson's a good actor, likable. Really funny him seeing him trying to sell CDs and stuff uh, in episode five. Episode five, actually, like I said, like three and four hooked me in, but five and six like really cemented my love for this sh- for this season. Five was a cool, cool seeing all the different uh, TVA people in the different settings. You know, like Casey escaping Cal- Alcatraz, which is kind of funny because people have escaped. Well, three people have escaped, but we don't know if they made it out. Um, so that was kind of like a tribute to that. But uh, time travel is really hard to do, guys. Like in movies, shows, the logic, like you can probably, there's probably plot holes because of the time travel, but it doesn't really matter in the Marvel Universe because they do it, they work on that constantly. Like well, later when we're talking about where the where Marvel is headed, like it's headed, there's a reason they're explaining all this stuff in Loki Season 2, in my opinion. It's to prep us for what's to come with the Kang, the Kang Dynasty and future wars to come with people coming from different timelines. We're kind of getting like an educational, just like season one of Loki, we're getting educated on all this stuff because it's going to matter down the road, or at least I hope so. I don't know where I was headed, but what did you guys think? This is like maybe my least favorite part of the season was just Miss Minutes and Renslayer, like they're in the middle of the season plotting, doing their own thing. What did you think of them too? Okay, agreed. Didn't love their whole plot because ultimately it went nowhere and it was just like a a speed bump in the road of like this is insignificant in the bigger picture here that Loki and the the gang are working towards solving the real issues, right? I will say though, loved Miss Minutes. Like I feel like that's a controversial mm-hmm. take, but she was hilarious. And like her interactions yeah. with Timely where she's like just straight up hitting on him and like you could have given me a body and you never did it was hell i loved it i thought it was great yeah and she nailed it in my opinion was terrifying and like was like a sicko too and like the people are getting squished in that cube she's just loving it and it was it was definitely interesting for sure renslayer i've never been a fan of her honestly like Mm. she's kind of a nuisance in season one and then even in this season two like i would have liked her more i feel like if they really went down the path of her and he and kang ultimately being a power couple again i feel like i would have been Mm. more down with that which it looked like they're teeing up and then in episode three and she's like oh i think i could get used to this partnership he just pulls his hand back miss minutes like "Mm -hmm, yeah yep no ain't no partnership with my boy so it was pretty funny but uh, you're right, though. I didn't love the whole, like, Renslayer minutes plot because it went literally nowhere at the end of the day. What did you think, though? Yeah. For Renslayer, when she tried to, like, get back into it, take her power back at the TVA, I mean, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere in the first place. And I honestly thought, mm-hmm. like, she was going to die. I thought she was going to get killed by either Sylvie or... Actually, yeah. in the last episode, I thought we would have seen something, but yeah. we ended up not seeing anything. But Miss Minutes was amazing, like very terrifying too. Like yeah. she was getting creepy at one point. I was like, this is going somewhere. It was yeah. pretty good. But uh, Miss Minutes, uh, in the last episode, we see her again. And I wonder if we will see her in the MCU at one point. Because she definitely has a significant amount of knowledge and power. 
So hopefully mm-hmm. you can see her more. But Rensselaer, I don't want to see her anymore. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I definitely like Miss Minutes more than Renslayer. Um, she was like, she had more dialogue, more time. It was funny when she was hitting on Victor Timely, like you said, Eric. That was good. I really liked in episode four, Renslayer tr- trying to take over, like you said, Dylan. And I liked when they shut down, like they're allowed, um, B-15 is her name, right? B-5, B-15. Eh. I wrote it down. Yeah. You know, X-5, the, the, the guard, the TVA yeah. girl. X5, the guy. 15. Just yeah. give them names. Like, X5 needs a name, in my yeah. opinion. Like, we got Brad, he gets a name. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I did not like X5. Nah. <laughs> Anyways, when she she allows magic to be used again in the TVA, and then Loki's able to use his magic to get X5 to prune Renslayer. That was pretty cool. I like that whole scene. The cool use of Loki's powers in this season. But yeah, I was, like I said, I didn't really need them in this season. I Here's my thoughts. Like, we had we got a six episode one almost an hour long each episode season. Maybe it would have been better if they had maybe do a movie on just this happening because I feel like what happens in episode one and what happens in episode six not a lot like of it could have been trimmed down almost. But then again, we wouldn't have got all the exposition and like character development. So maybe I'm totally wrong. But uh, sometimes I feel like it drags. Like Marvel does this, they'll have a lot of filler. Loki less filler than the others though. Should we get into the last episode? Because I feel like that was... I love the last episode. I mean, you guys said you guys were re-watching it. Like, what were your thoughts on the last episode? I'll just say right off the rip, best episode we've seen in Marvel ever. In my opinion, the mm. GOAT episode of them all. I was hooked the whole time. I was very happy to see it was an hour long as well. Needed yeah. that that running time to explain everything. And in my opinion, tie everything up extremely well and then the culmination of like i said loki's new powers and um ultimate sacrifice he made i don't want to say everything there that happened in this one there because there's a lot to go over but absolutely love the episode matt you highlighted the mobius and um loki conversation in the Mm -hmm. detainment area my favorite part of the episode was the he who remains and loki conversation i was just like a couple Mm -hmm. of times i was like chills when they stop, they pause time. When Loki paused time, when he lifts his finger up and says, yeah. what makes you think this is the first time we've had this conversation? I was like, let's go. Oh. I was so hyped. It was incredible. And um, that whole conversation about, I make the big choice. So that's why I'm in the big chair. Loki had to make the ultimate choice. Like one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest choice we've ever seen, comparable to Tony Stark. And um, mm. he made the ultimate sacrifice in the end. God is thrown it's nuts. Like, I can't wait to rewatch this whole series, honestly, and see how everything led up to this moment of Loki's change from villain to hero. And um, yeah, a full-on change in heart in um, giving up his mm-hmm. life for uh, to make sure everyone can have theirs kind of thing. So I think it was amazing. Yeah, like the last episode, like honestly, the best episode I've watched as well out of all the Marvel series. I it really enjoyed... Uh, WandaVision, but this tops it big time. Uh, like, Loki just being able to pause time and pause Sylvie. Like, he at one point we thought he was going nowhere with trying to stop Sylvie to kill He Who Remains again. But for him to be able to pause time, not just be, uh, it being uh, He Who Remains to be able to do it is nice. But as Eric said, um, when he does mention he's the he sits in the big chair because he does the big decisions... Loki gets his big chair at the end of the episode because he made the biggest decision. So it shows mm-hmm. how much power Loki really has at the end of the season. He's definitely going to, like, 
He's definitely going to come back in the MCU, in my opinion, and have a big role. He's so. not going anywhere. Okay. That's a, that's something to talk about, actually. But first, I just want to say the first half of the last episode, I love the Groundhog Day, like, yes. Loki being like, again, faster, faster. Like, yeah. let's let's go through this faster to get the temp- the thing, the fixing the loom, rushing everybody. But what, what gave me goosebumps was when he asked Obi, he's like, how long would it take to acquire all this knowledge? And then decades and then victor's like centuries and then it says centuries later so how many goddamn days do you think he did like hundred like a hundred years so think about that like i my brain can't even think about that like him like painstakingly one day at a time like learning everything and then obviously we don't need to see it which is great and then like he's super knowledgeable and ob and and victor are like what the hell? How do you know so much? It like, doesn't matter. Let's go rush, rush, rush. All to fig- to find out that even if they rush and they do it fast enough, it's still not enough. Which is where Loki explores different options. I just want to pause on episode on the last episode and just talk about Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Frick, this is why Loki is the best show in the MCU. Because of Tom Hiddleston's portrayal, his maturity, super... Like, he, he's been playing Loki for 13 years now or more. Like... It's crazy how much he's, that character's changed and matured. You can see it in earlier episode where he he misses his friends from the TVA, right? Like like he wants to get them back. He 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 wants a purpose. The whole sh- the whole season they're like alluding to that. He's super. He's changed so much. It's great to see him in the last episode care so much and want to fix everything. And like we all talked about him talking to Mobius. I love like everything culminated into him making a decision, going like. Hey, we don't have to do it this way. There's other options too, which he figures out that other option, which by the way, that moment, I'll let you talk. I'll let you go on it first, Eric, was super epic when he decides like what he, the choice he's going to make and he decides to go for it, Eric. Like that was the most epic thing, wasn't it? Bone chilling. And like, you know, it's going to yeah. work too because they failed in every other attempt, right? So like, you know that when he steps out of those doors onto the gangway, that it's this is it like he is making that ultimate sacrifice like i said and that it's gonna work he's gonna find a way i didn't know what he was gonna do though i did not see that coming that he'd blow up the the temporal loom and uh, that he would then be able to weave a web of uh, hairline branches of like twigs that he would be the one fueling the fire to give them life like i thought that was super cool visually looked incredible as well that's another Mm -hmm. thing that loki the show nails cinematography and just the look of it all incredible yeah chills him the slow walk up to his throne the the green and gold just combining together there to make that web of timelines unbelievable and um just want to say on the point that you made about him wanting his friends and all that. Me the whole time, I kind of thought he was just doing this all for Sylvie. Like, he loved her. Like, that's how I was perceiving it. Like, when she's in the bar, like, asking, like, what are you doing this for? Like, what's your reason? Why, why, why? And he's like, my friends. I think it was more than that. I think it was her. Like, I think she had a big part of it mm. in that he really mm. wanted to protect her. And there was some real love there. But obviously, as well, okay. did create those relationships with his friends. Like, Mobius especially. But like, who gives a f- Casey? Like, who cares about Casey? Like, I don't think yeah. I don't think they're that close but um yeah it was unreal that was the sickest one of the sickest moments of the episode honestly like him just suiting up like the horns coming up it just looked so cool yeah yeah to add to what eric was saying about him and sylvie uh as we saw in the first season they were it seemed like they were gonna have a more intimate relationship get into it a lot more 
But as we like from my perspective in season two, he did want to help his friends more than just help Sylvie. Sylvie was basically just getting in the way of things, and he was still able to to do what he wanted to do with her doing the uh, getting in the way. So she honestly she was basically useless to me <laughs> in this season. <laughs> uh, he just got in the way of of things and. But I like your perspective on he might be doing it for her because we don't know how he was feeling. But like uh, to go back on what Matt said about Loki being in the like uh, Tom Hiddleston being the actor for 13 years, he's evolved so much as like Loki and just changed a lot. Like just him sitting down with uh, with um, oh my God. Mobius. Mobius and talking about uh, how what he did in the past, like tried to kill the Avengers and stuff like that. And like seeing how he's like, what was I thinking? It's a huge maturity level for him. And mm-hmm. you see, he just wants to do good now instead of being the God of mischief who tries to kill people. So he's matured a lot. Just quickly, Matt, I want to touch on that, that you, the point you made as well about Tom Hiddleston as Loki, one of the best uh, castings ever for a comic yeah. book character. Like he's actually solidified himself as one of the goats with like, when I've mentioned in the past, like I think of, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man. I'd throw up Magneto as well. I'm a big fan of his as um, like in the X-Men movies. forget the actor's name right now. It's tough. Uh, Ian McKellen or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Tom Hiddleston as Loki is now in that Mount Rushmore of uh, comic book actor character portrayals. Incredible. So like the scene where he, does, he steps out and his, his armor is like resurfacing on his body the music yeah. i paid special attention to the music the score was fantastic that that scene you guys to me is like better than anything i saw in ant-man part three <laughs> and in the last few Why marvel movies like yeah. I, I was cinematically epic i wish i was watching it in the on, on at the theater because my tv was not big enough it was epic um, the episode is aptly titled Glorious Purpose. Like, that's perfect for that. Loki's found, like, what he needed to do. He becomes, he's not Loki anymore. He's Loki tree because he's the tree that's <laughs> holding. <laughs> he's the tree that's holding all the branches at the end. And honestly, I think, in my opinion, that's his swan song. I don't think we'll see him anymore. Oh. That's that's just my prediction. Just because Tom Hiddleston, like contractually, how many more years is he going to play Lo- play Loki? I think this is a perfect end to his character, actually. And I stole that Loki tree joke from an article online. I'm not oh, taking credit for that. Should have just taken that. Um, <laughs> that was a good. One. No, I don't want to be a phony. Um, but yeah. Okay, so I kind of agree with you, Matt, in a sense that I'm not sure we'll see Loki again because this is the perfect ending for him. He's the one right now. What he did at the end ultimately is, or this is my interpretation of it. He remains was saying that the only way that this could work without setting off a multiversal war is if you kill Sylvie right now and then either I keep just um, overseeing everything in the sacred timeline or you take on that role with me and mm-hmm. we just make sure everything sets and like stays the course basically so that we don't set off these different branches. But Loki saw an outcome where we can have these different timelines and everyone can live peacefully without causing an ultimate war and having to kill Sylvie as well. That's Mm -hmm. kind of how I interpreted that last episode and what he did by breaking the loom and being the guy in the chair that holds all the timelines together is now giving everyone a chance to live their lives with free will without the TVA pruning different variants and timelines that shouldn't happen and just seeing like, Hey, do whatever you want and 
you'll either pay the consequences for it, but at least it's your it's your mistake to make in a certain way. And then it'll be up to everyone to unite and take on all the Kings if that's what we see down the road. Hopefully it is. That's yeah. kind of how I saw it all, that Loki's kind of like the watcher in What If. Like It's a very similar role in my opinion. Yeah. So that's what I'm seeing. And are we going to see the watcher intervene? I don't know. Um, we'll see. Maybe we see a different Loki variant pop up. But I do like that. Like that's his send off. Is like okay. Now I'm giving you all the choice to do what you want, and um, hopefully you make the right ones, and that humanity can prevail instead of having this kind of dictator at the top. He who remains, who's controlling everything. That's kind of how I understood it. Yeah, like this version of this Loki could probably not be a part of the MCU anymore because of his huge sacrifice in the end to be able to, to overwatch everything in the TVA and all the branches, but. I don't think this is a last of Tom Hiddleston in the MCU. We will see another variant for sure. Yeah. There's there's just too much character growth to, at this point to, just to throw it away. Like I just see a lot of leaks and stuff that they want to bring back Robert Downey Jr. They want to bring back... They're, they're not going to mm. throw away Tom Hiddleston if they're trying to bring back Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans. So I hope to keep seeing him here. But um, to add on to the Kang the Kang stuff, I'd love to see him face off against with uh, an army against Kang when it does come because he, he knows who he is and hopefully he could help. But like you're saying Loki, Loki help out against yeah, Kang. Okay, yeah, gotcha. if we could, like if it could possibly happen. Yeah. We don't know what could happen at this point, but it would be cool. No, that's all good. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. But I do have a question for you guys. Um, they show Renslayer, like, last shot of her looking up, and there's, like, purple lightning or light or something. Like, I, I'm actually genuinely confused. Like, is that her and at the end of time, or is she happy? What's going on there? I, I genuinely have no idea. That, that was a question mark I had. So, my theory on this purple color of many characters we've seen in the MCU, one of them is my dog, Kang the Conqueror. I think that was some, mm. some sort of hint that that was a Kang in there or something like that. That's kind okay. of what I understood at the end that um, the, the guy ain't going away. They also mentioned at the end of the episode, like, oh, three He Who Remains variants have popped up on other timelines. Like, I really hope that mm. that's what they tee up down the road still. I don't want them to scrap the King plot because, like you said earlier, Jonathan Majors absolutely cooked in this season as both timely yeah. and, in my opinion, not stole the show because it was Tom Hiddleston's there, but destroyed the scenes with uh, as he who remains at the end. Like he was hilarious, yeah. scary at times, and just his line delivery was amazing. Like, there's a couple mm-hmm. of lines that are just good bars, and then when he imitates, like, what did Victor timely have to say? Like, oh, he said it was a scaling problem. That's what he told you, huh? Wow, scaling problem. Okay. I don't know. He was just so good. Like, just so cool in the role. I really hope we see some King. And then Judge Renslayer, there is a path for her to go down that villain road, which she's pretty much been a villain this whole time. She's not been on our hero's side. So maybe we could see a Renslayer-King union again. She knows now that he kind of casts her to the side by executing Order 66, I mean Protocol 42 Hmm. at the end of episode, uh, in episode 5 or whatever we saw. So anyways, I think Renslayer comes back as a villain with Kang. That's kind of what I saw again. What did you think with the purple or whatever we Uh, saw? Yeah, so we saw the purple, but there was also a big growl 
we okay. heard we heard something, and I don't think it was hmm. Kang or yeah. some, but it was some sort of monster or I don't know what it could have been. But we did hear a growl, and okay. I was questioning it. I never searched up on it or anything, but Same. definitely probably sent her off to be killed, or maybe she survives and we see her in a different universe or different uh, like maybe movie. I don't know. But I don't know where they're going with this, honestly. To, they obviously did it to show that she's probably going to be there eventually. Or that like that monster where they sent her, there yeah. was a huge growl. They don't just do that for us not to think of something. So it could come back in the end. That's true. But uh, Renslayer and Kang together could be something in the end, as Eric said. It could, it could be something. Because as we watched Ant-Man and we saw just a bunch of ants take down Kang... <laughs> It, it wasn't it, oh we know he's more powerful than that and if he has Renslayer by his side maybe it could help I mean she played a big role apparently in winning the war as according to Miss Minich said you won the war That's like you right. commanded the army and another thing just before we move on from that scene one thing that stood out to me in that wasteland that uh, Renslayer was in was the first thing that she sees I think was a pyramid, which I think could be an homage yeah. to Moon Knight. In, oh. They're kind of teeing up also That's a good. Kang variant in that show as well. Like they said, mm. I think it's Rama Tut is his name yeah. as like a Kang variant. So if we see a Moon Knight season two make it happen at Marvel, we will then have another Kang in that universe where, like, within the pyramids, and maybe that's where Rensselaer comes back in. Like, she's with Rama Tut or something. I don't know. That's kind of what I thought right when I saw the pyramid. That's what I thought of. Like, okay. Kang Egyptian variant. Mm, we'll see. And the growl that. could be like Eliath as well, like the monster that's in that realm where people get pruned. Okay, yeah. Like that could that's make actually, sense yeah. as well. So a couple options there, but definitely not the last we've seen of Rensler. Like they made a point to show us that she's yeah, alive. Yeah. That's so right. she's coming back for better or worse. <laughs> Those are good predictions. Really good, actually. She hopefully see her as like a part of his of Kang's Black Order, you know, like his lieutenant's. Uh, that'd be cool. Um, they don't... Um, oh, you said a guy said a lot of good stuff. Okay, yeah, Moon Knight. So, like, it'd be cool if they start introducing variants in other shows to prep us for, like, a movie, a cinematic showdown. Avengers, Kang Dynasty, have all, like, our heroes from the shows and the other movies face off. But, like, uh, like you said, Dylan, like, Robert Downey Jr. and all them, like, they're trying to recapture the, the glory days, like, trying to bring back all the old actors... Because they know they're in desperate times right now. Yeah. Like, just quickly, like, I, MCU, ha, it's gone downhill since Endgame. We've talked about it to death. But, like, Loki Season 2, stuff like that really helps bring it back. If a Moon Knight Season 2 can, like, that could be even better. Like, I can see Season 2 topping Season 1. Like, there's potential still is what I'm saying. And it could still be really great. Like, Ant-Man 3 could have been a great movie. Yeah. But it was just garbage. Um but yeah, this Loki Loki season two offers hope in my opinion. It was a really good show. Like I said, I highly recommend it. It offers hope for the MCU, which the MCU desperately needs right now. Okay, Loki season two. We're talking about like post Endgame greatness that we've seen. This isn't a take that I'm going to take a page from your book, Matt, with the low tree situation. I am not making this up. <laughs> People have said this online. I completely agree. Loki is not only one of the best things post Endgame, best things in MCU, in my opinion. Like, I think mm. this whole show, and I think, honestly, this was better served as a show than a movie. I did not find there was any feel. Like I, like I said earlier, I was hooked from the start. I feel like everything led up to the end of it perfectly. 12 episodes, almost all an hour long. 
one of the best things the MCU's given us, and one of the biggest character developments we've ever seen in this series, comparable again to Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. So I think um, if they can somehow make stuff like this in the MCU, we're in good hands. But then we see shit like... Well, I mean, the Marvels wasn't that bad. We'll talk about it after there. But like, like you said earlier, Matt, Miss Marvel and She-Hulk, just gar- secret invasion. My God, we don't even have to look oh. that far back in the past for horrendous content that was given to us. So this was a well-thought-out show with a clear beginning and ending that goes in a circle, in a sense, like snake eating its own tail, but worked perfectly with some complex concepts too, like the the temporal loom and the mm-hmm. put multiplier like time travel i think they did time mm-hmm. travel super well in this too honestly i'll just yeah. say that it was complicated but it all made sense in my mind and um yeah i mean those are my i guess to close on loki for me anyways absolutely loved it and i hope they keep going forward with the kang storyline that this show is set up keep i want them to keep jonathan majors too i'll just say that I hope they keep him around for the character because he does so well in in this show specifically. He's done amazingly, better than an Ant Man. I mean, he was still pretty solid in Ant Man yeah. too. So, mm-hmm. to add like to the Kang Dynasty stuff you were talking about, like uh, we see at the end that Eric mentioned the pyramid. I hope that we get to see these other Kang variants and maybe see them face off all in a movie against mm-hmm. all the superheroes mm-hmm. we love. It would be nice to see that. But when Loki in the end, is sitting on his throne and is still holding on to all these branches, do you think that maybe he sees a future? Because he, he can go back in time, can go forward in time. Can he still do that? Can he see a future from there? And, mm. like, will we see something different? Like, will we be able to loop back to him to know a future eventually? Because he is still Thor's brother. There has to still be a connection in there. We, we have to see them reconnect somehow. And I hope that, like, this show mm-hmm. is the best show we've seen. Oh, we can all agree it's the best show. Yep. And I hope that they yeah. integrate it into the movies as well. Yeah. It would be huge to see that because we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. We haven't seen anything be integrated into movies, except for the Scarlet Witch. And, well, I mean, Miss Marvel kind yeah, of. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Those true. are the only yeah. two, I think, so far. I fell asleep yeah. in the movie, so <laughs> I completely forgot. Wow. <laughs> that is a fact. I can confirm. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. That's hilarious. Have to touch on that album when you guys talk about the movie, but yeah, no, super, so- yeah, super solid show. It okay. It would be cool if Loki came back for sure. Like I hope it's not a swan song, but it'd be the this the show created like the perfect exit for the character if they show choose to do that. Which if they're smart, they'll bring him back because he's a crowd favorite, of course. But no, um, I'm excited. This show like brings back excitement for me. I didn't even finish Secret Invasion, didn't even finish Miss Marvel, didn't even finish She-Hulk. Like, Loki, I had no problem watching, solid, um, because we love the, like, it starts with the actor. You like the main actor that much, he's that good, you're going to watch it. The Also, the production, like, the directors were good, the writing was good. Like you said, they had to explain, like, time travel and temporal stuff and loom and all that. Like, it was not boring at all. Fun fact, the directors of the episodes are two like they mostly do horror movies they're two uh they're like a partner uh, a duo okay. uh aaron moorhead and justin benson and they mostly do horror movies that deal with like time travel and going back and oh, redoing cool. stuff actually so this is their like this is their strength right now and really complex psychological film so it's cool that they were picked out to direct these episodes because they're good at explaining that type of stuff 
Um, so that was cool. Um, do we want to move on to, like, we already talked about, I guess, her predictions for post-Loki season two, like what's going to happen. Do you think there's ever a possibility of Loki season three, just like a Loki thing, or that should be in the movies now? What do you think? Okay, so great question. I would love to see a third season of Loki, but then what do you do in it? Like, you're, I don't think we're going to go back to the TVA. I feel like that story has been wrapped up. And future, like this show, in my opinion, should just tee up a bunch of stuff that happens in the movies. And then again, Moon Knight season two, hopefully I want it to set off more Kangs. Basically, that's what I would like to see it happen, to see happen out of this show. And we can talk about the movies that we know are coming out as well after. Like, is this going to have an effect on Captain America Brave New World? I doubt it. Honestly, I feel like that's going to be its own story. But from what I understand, Deadpool see, Deadpool 3 might be a um, continuation of this branch timeline um, mm. outcome that happens. So, like, the like it's not a spoiler that like Wolverine is in Deadpool. Like, that's a known yeah. fact. And apparently that's a Wolverine that we've seen from another timeline into the city. I don't even know what timeline we're dealing with here, but I think Deadpool 3 is going to be a direct continuation of Loki. And just quickly on Dill's point, great point about Loki being able to see the future. Like he probably knows like they're fucked in a couple of years. Like there's going to be all the Council of Kings and like this is coming, but he can't intervene or maybe he will in some way like the Watcher did in What If. So that, I'm interested to see if that'll happen. That's a great point. And yeah, future. Like I said, I just want to see some Kings pop up in different shows and the aftermath of all the different timelines that sure Loki's now controlling them all and making sure I guess does this mean now that there are no incursions like they said that timelines could be now um collapsing into another and like you know in Doctor Strange don't they talk about that how yeah. like two yeah. timelines like bump into you know like that's a little confusing so yeah. I don't know if now yeah. that's been prevented by Loki overseeing everything I'm still a little confused honestly but uh I just want to see a lot of multiverse stuff now and eventually the war that'll happen at some point. Yeah, like, as Eric said, I do want to see a lot of multiverse stuff as well. I really like Doctor Strange Madness uh, of yeah. the Multiverse. I really enjoyed it. I know some people didn't enjoy it as much, but obviously would have loved to have seen a little bit more in it. But to see what's to come for the MCU and the like, the aspect of more more universes, more branches everything different variants of people like we can see a lot of different things and we know that moon knight now is like officially a part of the spider-man universe oh, mcu yeah. posted that so we could see moon knight soon okay in the mcu not just another uh, season but to bring him back and to touch on deadpool and x-men i think it will have an effect with the tva okay. a big effect I've read a little bit, and the TVA will be uh, an aspect in that uh, movie. But I don't know if Loki will be. I don't think so. But I know that the TVA is talked about in there. Okay, so nice. So it should be a good watch. I'd love to see everything you guys just said. Plus, my like my hopes is we see X-Men variants, Fantastic Four, like them integrated, a Doctor Doom down the road because Doctor Doom's one of the always hailed as one of the greatest villains ever in Marvel, but we haven't really seen a cool version of him yet. Um, I, I love X Men. It'd be cool to see them pop up like in Avenger movies and Marvel movies because they're all it's all part of the MCU, right? So 
I don't know. Like I, I, I also read stuff like the Blade movies canceled or delayed by a lot because they lost Marshala Ali yeah. and like some movies aren't doing the greatest right now, like the projects. So I don't know. Are we going to just see more delays and all that stuff? I'm not sure. So Marvel's definitely aware. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. The last thing I saw, actually, this was a report yesterday, was that basically all the Marvel movies got pushed back a year. The only one okay. that's dropping next year apparently is Deadpool 3, which I honestly don't hate. That this yeah. Also, the writer's strike was a factor here, but it gives them more time to rejig their their plot a little bit here and maybe because of the success that yeah. Loki season two had I don't know why they wouldn't want to follow along with well okay I do know why they wouldn't want to follow along with the Kang storyline <laughs> but I feel like they gotta keep going down this path because this series got so much universal love that it is a cool story that people are interested in seeing where is this gonna go now that's why we're talking about it right now they gotta keep going with this otherwise like what was the point of it all right so Mm-hmm. Deadpool 3 is going to follow up on that and you're right Matt like the X-Men Fantastic Four I think those are all going to fit in with the um, the multiverse like the Secret War storyline of the different timelines coming into one another like that's going to happen well anyways all, Mahershala Ali is still going to be in Blade by the way they're just they delayed it and uh, they're rewriting everything okay. there so that's still happening like for all these movies to be delayed like Eric is saying it would be it's good for them that these movies are being delayed to maybe get a little bit more like uh get more views and better just a better movie in mm-hmm. in all like uh from what i've seen from uh the miss the marvel's movie the like to me the visuals are still a little off compared to what they were before and mm. if we can take a little bit more time to revamp everything and make everything look better it could bring back a lot of mcu love i find i've lost a little bit still a huge lover but watching she hulk Watching Secret Invasion, yeah. Hawkeye was pretty decent, but still, like it's stuff like that that we'd love to see a little bit more uh, effort put into it, and uh, hopefully we can move along from this. Like the Kang Dynasty, I hope it stays what it's supposed to be. They they talked about maybe bring Doctor Doom in instead of of being the Kangs, but I want to see the Kangs. We still have variants, mm-hmm. and they are super powerful. We already know from the the comics and from from the tv shows well kind of made a fool of himself in ant-man but (laughs) we know that they are strong strong uh, leaders and villains so hopefully we can stick to that and keep dr doom for a few more years after that with like a new fantastic four movie Mm -hmm. yep that's what i was gonna say earlier that i talked about this uh, our last marvel pod matt i don't know if you remember i said that maybe they do pivot to dr Mm -hmm. doom and get rid of king Mm -hmm. and then marvel reported that like not too long ago that they were thinking of that. I'm like, did I instill this idea in Marvel headquarters? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll never know. They watched but the pod. I don't want them to do that, honestly. Like, especially after Loki's success. Like just stay the course. Maybe make some minor changes, but don't pivot. Like Doctor Doom out of nowhere. Yeah. Like it'd be sick. Like, the six villain. But we don't need that right now. I think we keep going with Kang and then introduce Doctor Doom down the road as our next big villain they can still introduce dr doom in secret wars like from what i understand yeah he is still a big part of that storyline so maybe it ends with like kang's die in that avengers movie and dr doom ends up on top in that going forward even after secret wars the movie he's still around and they don't get rid of him they keep him around for a few different movies like he's then in the fantastic four movie or something like there's a lot that they can do with just these two guys keep him around 
have Renslayer die in one of the movies or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So there's options. And um, yeah, on the visuals that Dill said, it's insane how like Loki looks better than the Marvels, which is a big mm. budget studio movie. Like Miss Marvel, I love the actress who plays her. Honestly, I think she's great. But they do her superpowers so dirty in that it looks like I could have designed this on Adobe Premiere yeah. and I'm not even a good video editor. Like it's nuts how yeah. her special effects do not look good in my opinion. That's my take oh. on it. Yeah. And like the, the fists, like it just looks a little goofy. Um, I don't know. Who, whereas, like, you look at the tree in Loki season two; it looks beautiful. It's unreal. Yeah. I want you. I want you guys to get into the Marvels, but just before that, yes, Marvel was at the t- Marvel could do no wrong before Endgame. They were like at the height of their success. Then I don't know what happened. They went on to autopilot and pumped everything out. Let's try to like make more movies and make more money. But then they lost half of us. They like half the audience. I'm sure doesn't go anymore. So Loki season two, good way to like build their trust and confidence back. But now Marvel's just came out pretty much at the same time as the finale. So you guys talk about that now because I don't think this is a return to form for Marvel, isn't it? Okay, so funny you should say that because we went actually on opening night, which as we know, opening night, that's when the the diehard fans go. Everyone's rolling up. You might see people in a Spider-Man onesie in the theater. People are just getting dressed up, getting a little freaky out there. But um, it was a straight-up ghost town when we were in that theater on that Thursday Oof. night, 7 p.m. slot. Like, that's not too late. You bring the kids out. It's a nice date night, whatever you want. But we went, and um, it was, like, I'd say at maximum half full. Borderline, oh. more half glass, half empty situation. Like, it was pretty... <laughs> The vibes weren't immaculate out there in the theater. There were some people laughing hysterically in the theater, oh which was kind of funny, honestly. It gave us some good entertainment to laugh at them laughing. Honestly, I'll just say my thoughts on the Marvels. I didn't hate it. I thought it was a fine movie. I went in with low expectations based on it was getting shredded by the critics. I think kind of unjustified. It doesn't, like I said, reinvent the wheel. Uh, nothing groundbreaking. But had things that I liked. I'll just touch on it quickly. I was a big fan of the chemistry between the three Marvels. So uh, Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, and Miss Marvel. I thought the three of them together were great. They had the classic like banter of it. Um, just quips back and forth. Like making fun of each other. All that. Like on, like you said, Matt. Autopilot. Nothing crazy. But mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And um, I had a few good action scenes at the end. I'll say the end was pretty solid. But the movie itself okay. was all right. Good pace, short movie, an hour and 40 minutes. I had no no real problems with it. What you, Dill? Yeah, one hour and 40 minutes, and I fell asleep through half of it. So I uh, <laughs> had a rough night the night before, a long work day. But uh, from what I watched, I honestly enjoyed most of it. I, I, li- I like the characters. I always, I've always liked Captain Marvel. And Monica Rambeau, she played a pretty big role in uh, the WandaVision. Yeah. So I really liked her from the start. And I did not watch Ms. Um, Marvel. I did not watch the show, but I do like her character. Like Eric said, she, she fits in pretty well into the MCU, which is nice. But I did not get to see the big fight scene at the end. I woke up right oh. at the end. So uh, I might have to rewatch it or wait till it comes on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> so I can't really touch up on that too much. <laughs> I, have, I have some questions, actually. Uh, I know nothing about this movie. Like... What were the stakes like in the movie? Was it like world ending or more smaller scale? And what was the villain like? Like, Is there a human villain? Is it another like super powerful villain? And does this take place in the timeline? Is it like a prequel movie? Like when does the movie take place? 
relative to all the Marvel stuff we've gotten in the past. A lot of questions, Matt. Uh, I'll see what I can answer. Yeah, we can answer <laughs> a few. My ability. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So basically, uh, stakes pretty high. Like not like eternal. Well, actually, in a sense, um, it did have big stakes on the um, the worlds involved in this uh, storyline. Like we, there's a lot of space travel, which I enjoy. So we got to see okay. different worlds, and uh, there was some diversity in. Um, where we were, which I always enjoy. It's cool when they go to different places. Villain, villain was all right, to be honest. I wasn't a huge fan of her. I'm not even sure if this is said in the movie or if it's just um, something I assumed. But I think the villain was like Ronan's daughter. I don't know if so, that's clear or not. Yeah, oh. The thing is, I don't know if she's Roman's daughter because she does have his his hammer. Yeah. That we, are, we already knew from the oh. start. But she, they show a flashback during the movie that she was fighting against Captain Marvel during the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. So it just it makes no sense for them to be like I don't know the connection between that, but she ends up with the she ends up with the hammer and she ends up with a gauntlet as well. Yeah. So mm. and then the other question, timeline, it's all sacred timeline activity. There's no uh, okay. no mention of different timelines really, I would say. And um it's all just happening in the universe that we know and love. Okay. But I would say, like, especially at the end, anyways, post credit scene too, great stuff. They uh, they tee up stuff to come that I think most people watching would be excited about what's to come in the MCU. Like, it definitely, the post credit scene was unreal. I'll say that. Yeah, didn't get to see that either, but <laughs> the blimp was mentioned as well. Right. So it is okay. it is basically after Endgame. Yes. As we would see okay. from other movies we'd seen as well. So it it follows through with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm what I'm gathering is. Better than Ant-Man 3, but nothing like, not a Thor 3 or a Civil War, not even close to that height of no. epicness, right guys? Yeah, well, okay. Ant-Man 3 has been mentioned way too many times <laughs> for my liking this episode. <laughs> Just like, going through the back catalog of bad memories right now. But no, definitely, I would say, honestly, like middle of the pack, maybe a, a little below middle too. Like, I'd say average movie. I gave it three stars out of five. I feel like I mm-hmm. couldn't... If I gave it less than that, two and a half out of five, it's like, I feel like that works too, but I gave Ant-Man two and 2.5 out of five, so I can't give it the same as that. So, yeah, gotcha. I mean, I'm not going to go see it in theaters again. I'll probably rewatch it at some point on Disney+, Plus, though. I would say, like, you don't need to rush to the theater for it either. You're not really missing out on anything that you need to know for Marvel because also if we get into the future of Marvel now, like, the next thing that's coming out is the show Echo, which was a character in Hawkeye. Right, um, I forget right. her name. It's the the oh, deaf yeah. woman in um, Hawkeye who was kind of um, brought under the wing of Wilson Fisk. And this show, let me tell you, when they announced it, I was not excited for it whatsoever. I'm like, why are they dedicating a full show for this character? And it looks like it's going to be rated R, TV 14A. So, a Punisher uh, type B on um. Yeah, like on the Daredevil and Punisher type wave. Like the tone of that show looks like the same as those shows. So love that they're going with that kind of vibe with it. And I'm actually very excited. The whole season drops early January next year. So five episodes all on the same day. Cool. So I'm excited for that actually. But that doesn't look like it'll have any implication on different timelines and stuff. It's a boots to the ground. Like um, who are the superheroes like that? Like Daredevil, Spider-Man, maybe Moon Knight, I guess. Like those kind of characters. Hopefully Punisher too. Punisher I would be love sick. the Punisher. Mm. Yeah, I love that TV show, but 
Um, yeah. For another show that they were announcing, I forget the name of it, but I don't. I think they canceled it. Ironheart. Yeah. yeah. Ironheart. I think it was Ironheart. Yeah. With okay. Yeah. But I don't think she's gonna come back. Do you? What are you? What are your guys' take on that? On that character, I yeah. think that misfire to me. That was like in Black Panther two, right? They showed her. Yeah. Exactly. And like from all those yeah. movies back then, like Black Panther two wasn't. It was. It was an all right movie. From all right. And yeah. Like we've seen I, one movie I did like that they released after Endgame was Shang Chi. I hope that we get to see his character again. And that's a movie that That'd doesn't be, get talked yeah. enough about. Like Eric said, an underrated new movie, right? Shang-Chi, like, you were a big... Uh, it, it is a good movie. Love Shang-Chi. Um, like, that's a movie I'd rewatch yeah, in a heartbeat. I have at least... I've seen it at least three times at this point. Some of my favorite, like, martial arts um, fighting, like, hand-to-hand combat, mm-hmm. the choreography was amazing. It was reminiscent of the show that I've plugged early on the pod, Warrior. Check it out if you haven't seen it. And, um, yeah, no, Shang-Chi, I hope we get that sequel at some point down the near future, but nothing's announced in terms of, like, release date for that. Mm. So, hopefully we get to see that down the road. Ironheart, I don't know. Like, I feel like the first time I saw it, I was like, eh, she's all right. And then the second time, I disliked her even more. I found that she was a bit too in the mix of, like, being very comfortable to be cracking jokes and stuff, which maybe if you're in that situation, nervous ticks come out and you... I don't know. She was all right. If that's a show they kind of scrap, I'm fine with. Yeah. And I want them now that if they do commit to a project that they have a clear vision and that it fits into the big picture or it's going somewhere, not just shows for the sake of having shows like She-Hulk and um, Secret Invasion. Ugh. Just to go back on the Marvels, Secret Invasion has zero impact on what happens mm. in the Marvels, which I thought was going to be the case that Secret Invasion, you're following Nick Fury. We got the Skrulls which are both in the Marvels, no mention of what happened in that show. Mm. So pretty nuts. Swing and a miss that show was. So everything yeah. that they oh, put yeah. forward now, if that means taking a break and recalibrating, do it. Make sure it fits into the big picture or a picture. No, oh, like Secret Invasion. Like I love Samuel L. Jackson. I love Nick Fury, but they really dropped the ball with that one. They had a lot of potential for that that show, in my opinion, with all like the superhero involvement in the last episode like the the superpowers could have been a epic fight scene but ended up being just a mediocre fight scene. yeah exactly it was a fight yeah exactly so hopefully we can see much better from the mcu after loki with tv shows and movies because they they can learn a lot from these directors from this this show in my opinion 100 percent I think Echo is a good promising. Like uh, Echo is promising. I don't know why. Like I'm, I have okay. high hopes no, for it now. I'll take but, your word for it. Yeah. No, I, I was just gonna say like because Loki's original. It's not formulaic. It's not predictable. It's something we've never seen before. That's why we liked it. On top of the great acting, but I feel like a lot of the new movies of Marvel have been cookie cutter, super simple story, so super simple good versus evil, predictable, good guys win in the end, like. Eh. Uh, I'm not not allowed to say the movie title, but uh, (laughs) Quantumania. Like that movie was like for children. So we need darker stuff like Loki, you know, like throw us for a loop. Give us another Infinity War where you piss us us all off at the end with a downbeat ending. Like do that. Do something crazy like that. That'd be cool. Did did you pose it? Was there any questions on Instagram for this pod, Eric? Or I, I can't remember. Good reminder. I always, I often forget to bring these up. So good call. Okay, so I think there is a couple. 
A poll, right? No, no. Chocolate versus candy, the Halloween one. <laughs> candy just got destroyed <laughs> in that poll. Um, so there were, I think, two. So thoughts on Loki season two so far? That was the first one. That was after three episodes. And it was, what are your thoughts on it? Is it the best Marvel show? Is it mid? Is it the best product post-Endgame? Or is it good, not great? So most people voted that it was the best Marvel show. One person said it was mid. I think that was just a hater who hasn't even seen it. Well, I know that's the case. Not going to say who. And then two people said it was the most post-Endgame product. So even better than the movies that we've seen in there. And then one person said, good, not great. So that was with two episodes left. So maybe by the end, people, the, per, mm-hmm. the person who said, good, not great, might have come around. Because I think it is great. Like I, it's, I'd be yeah. hard-pressed to find people who watch this whole season and didn't think it was great. So a lot of people said best show. I think most people would agree best show. Yeah, I can agree for that, honestly. Like it can get confusing at some points trying to follow a lot of stuff, especially if you like look at your phone for a second or something during your watching the show. But it's it's a little bit hard oh, yeah. to follow. But once you really get into it, it's easy to to love it, honestly. Like for you, Matt, where does it land? Would you say in the best show range, the best post end game product, or even like I said earlier, bet one of the best MCU products? Like where would you slot it in those three options? Best Marvel show. I don't think it's the best product since Endgame, but it's the best Marvel show by far. What I was gonna say, uh, Dylan said something good, and I free. So I have too many ideas, but oh yeah, yeah, for sure. This was a show where you have to pay attention. Subtitles on phone super far away so i'd have to get up to go get it because i couldn't miss like i'd see all the dialogue it's it's you you can't half ass watching this show you have to like be all in and i was i was even taking notes during the episode for the podcast so that actually helped me like that helped me pay attention more so which is what i like like make it an intellectual like the first thing i said on this episode like intellectual make it an intellectual show we can handle it it wasn't too over the like we understood everything uh, you don't have to like spoon feed us like childish ideas and crap like in movies I won't name anymore. But like <laughs> we like this stuff. We're we're ready for the, like a more we put our big boy pants on and we watch the show and we enjoy it. Like we're ready for that in the movies now. No more origin stories. No, well we can get origin stories still, but like give us something complicated. We're we're all we're down for it. Agreed. I feel like we've been going for a long... I Honestly, we could keep going on this Loki show and uh, what it's setting up and all that. But on your point, Matt, for best... Um, no, sorry, for no origin story. I agree. I want to see... Like, just throw in, throw us the Fantastic Four in there. Give us the X-Men. Like, don't... Yeah. Let's not go back and see how they all got their powers. We all know by now. Like, yeah. even just if throw you're them in. born yeah. in the year 2007, you know how these people <laughs> got their power. There's been enough movies out already on the origin story. And like they did in um, Spider-Man Homecoming or even Civil War, we just, Spider-Man's thrown in the mix, like, yeah, I got bit by this bug, blah, 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 like, I got my powers now, yeah. like, that's it, like, that's what I want to see with those other heroes, and, um, yeah, those are really the only heroes I want to see introduced at this point, I don't think there's anyone else that I'm aware of anyways, but, um, I agree, yeah, the other poll was basically, like, what's the hype level at for the Marvels, so I put, like, a little scale, and, uh, it definitely hindered more on the, uh, less than excited part of the, the scale, but, Anyways, I would say like go into the Marvels with an open mind. It doesn't like you said, Matt. It, it is kind of cookie cutter, but it's still a, a decent ride, and um, I think merits to be seen. But not a rush to the theaters opening night like no one else did, really. So, did you want to recommend any 
recommend any other stuff? Yeah. Or? I've got a few things on the go right now. First of all, I'll say is a book that I don't I have upstairs. I'm not gonna go Ooh. run and get it there, but I'm reading Will Smith's autobiography right now called Will. Very good stuff, honestly. Yeah. If you want an um, insight on the mind of this guy, and he's he's had an insane life, yeah. which like we all re- remember him for his iconic slap bet incident yeah. <laughs> at the the Oscars a few years ago. But there's a lot you can see. In reading the book, I'm like halfway through right now. You can see where everything that's happened in his life kind of led up to where he's at in his marriage with Jada right now or his uh, situationship with her and uh, just an insane life and very inspiring at times. Like his upbringing is pretty crazy and it's a funny book. Like he's a funny dude and um, he kind of pulls back the curtain on like this facade we see of Will Smith as like this funny guy like easygoing friendly nice with everybody like there's a lot of pain back there and he's just playing a character as a lot of us are in life so uh, it's it's definitely interesting so i would recommend will by will smith i just grabbed it at the library if um you don't want to spend the 40 bones on that book i would recommend doing that so will <laughs> by will smith awesome do you have anything, uh, Dylan? Honestly, I know that like I've I've watched WandaVision. I loved it, and I know that they had set up another show for it. Agatha. Oh yeah. To move. I do you guys know if they're gonna keep going with that? Agatha Coven of Chaos. Yeah. That could be good. I, I feel. Yeah. Like, I like the actress. She's she's a pretty funny actress. Yep. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. Uh, I don't know if they're gonna end up going forward with that. To be honest, like I said, they're relooking at stuff right now, and. Uh, We'll see if that one falls by the wayside, but uh, that could be interesting for sure. And I, I don't really know what they would do with her necessarily. Like if she's like trapped right now under some sort of spell, but Wanda's dead now. So yeah, maybe she exactly. got out of the spell. So who knows? We'll see. I'm, uh, that's definitely another one to look out for, see if they keep it going uh, down the road. Because yeah, yeah. Wanda being dead is huge. Like one of my favorite female characters in the MCU. Yeah, right. breaks my heart. Hopefully they bring her back <laughs> yeah. as well. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. Well, nothing else to add, really, no. Okay, no, it's a coven of chaos. Be on the lookout for that. Mm. Matt, anything? Yeah, I've been watching TV and movies. Been more into the movies lately because baseball's done. There's not hockey on every night, so I get to watch my movies. I'll start off with a TV show, though. I started the What We Do on What We Do in the Shadows on Disney+. Plus. Uh, why, why did your head pop up here? Um... Did I already talk about this? No. No, sorry. So it's just on our end, you were like glitching out for a bit. Like there's a lot of, oh, if you're watching okay. on the YouTube, you were privy to all those sounds that were coming in from Matt's. Oh, no, no, no. No, I think you're good now. So what we do in the Okay, shadows. okay. Because I, ta- I started talking and you guys like looked reacting like, oh, did I say something? <laughs> okay. What we do in the shadows, basically filmed exactly like the office documentary crew that's following four vampires that are roommates that are in a house and it's just day-to-day activities. It's all comedy, it's very stupid. It's rated 14A or rated R. It's a really funny show, I highly recommend it. It's really highly rated too online. I know our cousin Dylan, our other cousin, your other cousin Dylan Eric recommended it to me years ago and I'm finally watching it. It's really good, 20 minute episodes. That's the TV show I've been watching. I've also been cranking out the movies and I'll just talk about on Netflix, Old Dads with Bill Burr. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, it was funny. Bill Burr, Bobby Cannavale, they're hilarious in it. Um, Bill, I like his type of comedy. Like, you know, he's he's an old dad in the movie. He's complaining about, like, the, the younger generation. I, all those jokes hit hard for me. They were great. 
after rewatching it the mo after rewatching the movie too like i noticed a lot of little things it's not like reinventing the wheel or it's not like the hangover type funny but like it's a it's a good like wholehearted funny movie uh, um, you guys said you both watched it or just you, Dylan? I, I did watch it. I enjoyed it. It was really good. Did, yeah. yeah. It was very funny. I really liked the jokes that they implemented in there and yeah. the, the actors exactly. really fit yeah, well together. Exactly. Yeah. It was solid. Easy watch too. Yeah. You have nothing to throw on, Eric, throw it on. Yeah, um, Netflix original what, do you have anything movie? else there? So I want to, I'll check that out for sure. Cause I've been kind of slacking on the movie TV. So movie TV, really movies for me. Uh, TV shows for me have been like Loki and a Gen V, which I just finished up. I have to I, watch that. I enjoyed it, honestly. Like, if you like The Boy, I know I talked about it last episode. Good show. It really sets up now season four of The Boys. So you kind of do have to be aware of what happens in Gen V to watch season four of The Boys. So I'll throw that back on. Okay, there. I'll check it out. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for my like movie and TV show viewing. One movie I'll just blindly recommend that I haven't watched yet, but has been on my radar. And now it just dropped on Netflix, The Killer. So I think it's a David Fincher oh. movie, and it stars Michael Fassbender. I'm hearing good things about it. And, um, and Michael Fassbender, amazing actor. Like him as Magneto, too, just to bring it back to Marvel. Great, great portrayal. So I'd throw that. I'm going to watch that at some point soon. So hopefully we can loop back and say that my recommendation was good and um yeah musically i'll just throw in i've been kind of out of the rap game the last few weeks anyways like i've really just been listening to old easy conversations episodes and <laughs> music that i listen to while i work is like like i've already talked about soundtracks and stuff the batman soundtrack and werewolf by night soundtracks have just been in rotation for me in the last few days they're both by um the same composer Michael, what's his name? Michael Giacchino. Okay. Amazing music. And if you've seen Werewolf by Night, like you know the background music is great. Like very eerie, like Halloween-esque, right? So for me, it's been seasonally correct to listen to that and a good background noise. So I'd recommend those two soundtracks. Just throw them on if you want some like ambiance, if you will, while working. Thanks for bringing back Werewolf by Night because now I, like a color version's out of it and I kind of want to watch it again. Me too. Um, I did see The Killer. I watched The Killer oh, last man. night on Netflix. It was awesome. Nice. Give it four stars. Cool. You know what I'm Very about. old school. Like it looks like an old school movie. Takes his time. Isn't isn't super fast paced necessarily but like i was never bored for a second it it's a very european it looks like a european movie from the 70s like crime like very methodical movie i'm not i don't want to say too much it, i i really liked it eric um so good recommendation <laughs> i'm gonna recommend another movie on amazon that this one on amazon prime for the simple fact that the two actors in the movie are f great and that's the movie is called A Good Person, and it stars Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. They were amazing in this drama. It's a hard-hitting drama, tragic, intense movie. I loved it because of the performances of Morgan Freeman and uh, Florence Pugh. They're both great actors. Morgan Freeman is like in his 80s. He can still do, still amazing in my opinion. So I recommend that movie, A Good Person. Read up on it if you want to watch it. It's kind of sad, but it's a good drama. And I love me some Florence Pugh for sure. So I'll definitely check that one out. It was on my radar, honestly, because I had heard good things about it. She was promoting it as well. I think it's Zach Braff who wrote and directed mm. it as well. I think they're either yeah. they were together. I don't think they are anymore there. But um, that's right. Right on. I'll check that one out. I'm glad to see that it's on uh, 
Prime Video too. So good stuff, good recommendation. Um, yeah, that's Sweet. all I have. That's all I got. I got nothing else. Been uh, a lot of hockey and uh, just stuff. Loki might just re-rip it as we're doing <laughs> right now. It's just playing in the background this whole episode. It's been nice background noise as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. Marvel still there is potential. There's hope. Loki has been the bastion of hope and given the MCU yeah. some glorious purpose, if you will, uh, going forward. So, Dill, thanks a lot for joining us, man. Um, killed it on here. Any final notes for the listeners? Well, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, now we know that the god of mischief is maybe now the god of the multiverse, kind hey, of. So, mm. let's yeah. look into that. Well said. It. Yeah, yeah. Matt, yeah. As per usual. No, just thank you. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, thank you everybody that listened. And Dylan, you thank you for coming on. You were amazing. You need to come back on the show because you're a great guest. Thanks, guys. Maybe we'll do something more fun next time and less like like food, you know, like maybe a fun list or something. But no, you were great, Dylan. Thanks for coming on. And thank you everybody for listening. Yeah, well said, Matt. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to enjoy your uh the fall weather and uh yeah peace